Hey, welcome to Exposed Conferences. I'm your host, Christina Danielle. Thank you for tuning into the podcast where we're going to be exposing current trends, challenges, and the futures of conferences. As well, I'll be having candid conversations with industry experts that will elevate your events and help you create partnerships that expand beyond the calendar year. I'm really happy to have you listening today and hope you benefit from today's episode as well as future episodes. On today's episode, I'm talking with Lisa Block, Executive Vice President of Converse Strategy and Design of Velvet Chainsaw. Lisa joined Velvet Chainsaw in 2019 after spending nearly 30 years leading and growing the conference and events team and portfolio at the Society for Human Resource Management. She's an accomplished event innovator and change agent who strongly connects to organizational culture and mission. Her talent is in matching event and organizational purpose with live events design and strategy, and in the people practices that go along with making events work. She helped grow Sherm's signature event, the annual conference and exposition, which attracts over 22,000 domestic and international participants and over 700 exhibiting companies fivefold, making it the leading event for the HR profession. She led efforts to broaden Sherm's brand and implemented numerous strategies that increased revenue and heightened event ROI. Lisa's been been active in numerous professional organizations, most notably PCMA, the Professional Convention Management Association, where she has served on numerous committees and is board chair. In 2017, she was awarded PCMA's highest honor for lifetime achievement. She's also served on ASAE's Meetings and Exposition Council and as an adjunct member of the ASC Board of Directors. In 2015, she was inducted into the inaugural Washington, D.C. BizBash Hall of Fame. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Oh, thank you, Christina. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm so fortunate to have started working with you and Sherman. 2017. And although fairly short compared to our vendors and to our conference team, the wealth of information you've shared and your passion for the industry has truly been inspiring. Thank you. You've been in the industry since 1990. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you got started, but more specifically, your first memory of running an event? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, It was a long time ago. I started because I didn't know what I was going to do with a bachelor's degree in urban study. And I started talking to people about what they did for a living. And my uncle, who was an insurance guy, happened to have started trade show cancellation insurance. And so he had some friends in the meetings industry and sent me to do some information interviews. And the second person that I talked to said, what do you know about exhibits? And I said, I absolutely know nothing, but I'm eager to learn. And she took a chance and hired me. So my first exhibit hall was walking into what's now the Marriott Wardman Park, which was where we were holding our first show. And it was absolutely terrifying and exhilarating all at once. And the first event for that organization, which was what is now the American Counseling Association in Detroit. And so after I had at least checked out an exhibit hall, I went to Detroit for our first meeting and it was pretty intimidating. But I got a lot of help and a lot of support from my boss at the time, who was one of those legendary professionals who knew a lot, but was a little gruff. And she pushed me hard. And, you know, by hook or by crook, I I made it work and lived through the first one in a pretty, what was then a pretty scary exhibit hall in a not very welcoming city. And I know Detroit has changed significantly since then, but it was, was pretty exciting, too. So I stayed there for three years and learned a lot and tried a lot of new things. It was 
fairly progressive association in terms of their technology. And so we had a, a bespoke registration system that the IT department had developed and it was responsive. It was one of the best registration systems I've ever seen, frankly. So that was my start. And, you know, since then, it's just been go, go, go. There's something that you wish you had known before you got into the industry? You know, if I'd known that there was a college program that I could have taken, I'm not sure that I would have picked it, but I certainly would have taken classes after college. I now know that GW has a great program in hospitality management. I just didn't even, this whole field was really just not on my radar screen. So I think having some grounding in what associations do and what the hospitality and meetings industry was all about, I think would have been very helpful at the beginning. But back in those days, you know, I got into IAEE, what is now IAEE. My boss took me to their local meetings. And so I got to meet people and just countless people were willing to take time and mentor me and help me get up to speed on what a what an exhibit booth was, what drayage meant. All of those terms were were foreign. It could have been a foreign language. So I, I think I would have liked to have had some classes, but I was just there was just no exposure. Yeah, and I think most event players we kind of just get thrown into. Not mm-hmm. everybody goes to to college for this specific industry, and there's not many programs out there. I think more so now than when maybe 30 years ago. But yeah, um, yeah I think just learning by doing. And so when did you start it? SHRM and what was that experience like? So SHRM had been ASPA, the American Society for Personnel Administration. And I had known through my industry contacts, somebody who had been there and he left and it fell off my radar screen. And then this job came up and it was in 1990 and I was fortunate enough to get hired. I went on my first site visit. I was just a couple of months before their, their annual meeting, which is in June every year. And so I went on a site visit to Atlanta before I was even on the payroll. And that was pretty crazy. But my predecessor, although a lot of people felt that she was probably not the nicest person in the world, she was a really good planner. So the meeting had been well planned. And But a, a, shortly after I got back from that site visit, our exhibits manager quit. And so I had to hire an exhibits manager within a few weeks. And I hired somebody who stayed with me for over 10 years and moved up at SHRM to become a director and is still a friend in the industry and is a um, a meeting vice president for another association. So that was a very fortunate experience to have that kind of connection. So the, the SHRM conference at the time was about Total about 4,000 people, about 300 booths, and it was a very different event than it is today. I mean, it's obviously grown immensely in size to now being over 22,000 conference attendees, a program that has over 200 sessions. The exhibit hall now is well over 700 companies. Over the years, what was it like as far as moving the conference to be a 4,000 show to a 22,000 person show? <laughs> and what was the biggest task in pulling the conference together, especially at the size that it is today? You know, over the 20, 20- nine years that I worked at SHRM. I think the HR profession certainly grew. Our membership, I think, was about 40,000 when I started. And today, I'm not sure what, over 
300,000, probably well over 300,000. And so our, the growth of the organization sort of mirrored the growth of the profession. And as the profession became more intrinsically important in business and in the success of business, and as HR grew in prominence, so did Sherm. And we had leadership that were very, had very great foresight in, we were one of the first organizations with a web page. And we had a webmaster way back before, you know, most organizations even were talking about that. And so we kept investing in technology and investing in the profession and we grew incrementally. And, you know, there were certain points where we took some huge leaps and it was difficult to adjust. But we had a great team and leadership and a board that was extremely supportive. So when we had to step up, you know, we added staff slowly. But there was a point, I think, probably in about 98 was our 50th, the Sherm's 50th anniversary. And that was sort of the catapult to much bigger events going after that. So after 98, we, we bought a building and built a building and we grew the overall staff. And it was just a really sort of a watershed of growth and expansion in a relatively short period of time. And by 2000, we really realized that we had to make some significant changes if we were going to continue to have a meeting that was relevant to the profession and to the attendees and still returning funds to the organization to fund it. Those were some heady years in, you know, we, we sort of mirrored the economy for about 10 years and grew you know, by thousands at a time. And then we hit the crash in 2008. And that was pretty sobering because we lost a pretty significant amount of attendance and we retrenched. And we were fortunate because in the exhibitor side, we'd invested in the exhibit hall and we'd invested in that experience that our attendees had in the hall and so that paid off and our the, the exhibitors stayed with us and we were able to build back to pre-crash years within a year and a half. And that was awesome. But HR people are, are fantastic. I, I feel very privileged to have worked with so many amazing people and for such a great profession. And we realized that as we grew and got the meeting got more complex and we added features that that personal touch was sort of going by the wayside. So we really put a lot of work into our volunteer efforts to ensure that we were providing and to our staff training, providing as much high touch as we could so that people didn't ever feel like they were numbers, but that they were really people and members that we as SHRM cared very much about their experience. And we spent a lot of time going over evaluations and learning from what our members told us. But I think that in in a city like Vegas, where we grew over 2000 in one year, we realized that you know it was really critical for us to be more face-to-face with our members. So we instituted something called ROCK, which is our the Random Offers of Conference Kindness campaign. And it really was a sort of a surprise and delight We did nice things for people. We paid for people's taxis as they got out of them. We gave out Starbucks coupons. We sure members love to sit up front for the big general sessions. And so we rocked people to get front row seats and all sorts of interesting experiences. We also used our hotel comps 
to upgrade people on a random basis. And, th- and that program was, I think, has become a hallmark of sort of Sherm's approach to reaching out and making our members feel special. Yeah. And I was actually going to say that that's one of the things that I really appreciated most in, in seeing from the event, just in, again, since 2017 and joining Sherm is just how that experience alone just how excited the attendees that they were rocked and all of a sudden being rushed to the front of the <laughs> Tuesday night concert or something like that. It was really a great experience to see. And then on top of that, you then created the reverse rock program. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that and how it kind of benefited the staff on our team and the vendors of the experience as well? Yes, yeah, so um, we recruited members through our online conference community to basically take a look and look for people doing things to be that were helpful to them. And they could give out, they got coupons to give out to people and to staff and volunteers, they could redeem those for gift cards and that sort of thing. And I think that was the volunteers, who, the members who took part in that really enjoyed it. And I think it was a nice thing for the staff to be recognized, especially the line staff, the people at registration and at the information booth, who, but um, those folks are on their feet and in front of members all day long. And so I'm guessing that the lion's share of the staff who got that reverse rock coupon were those sorts of people, but I think a lot of different people benefited from that. And a lot of our volunteers did as well. We're fortunate to have the support of our local chapters when we implement the conference. And between 750 and 1,000 volunteers support the event, and they do everything from wayfinding to introducing sessions to helping set up the Sherm bookstore and helping run that store to working at registration and and really adding to the whole welcome experience. Again, just you've brought a lot of really innovative and unique attendee experiences at the conference and this whole connection zone, which really creates the experience from when an attendee comes and checks in. and, And so really just implementing a lot of So like you said, they're not just being one of 22,000 people, they're getting these experiences, which hopefully is more of a personalized experience where they can really connect with others on site. And that they can, you know, it's a place, that connection zone, I think having that central location, there, there are three places that everybody experiences our general sessions, the exhibit hall, and in this connection zone. And we've expanded over the years the features uh, in that area. But it's a big it's a big section of an exhibit hall. And I think having some sort of central location, some people might call it a neighborhood where they can for where people who are certified can get a little bit of a VIP experience, our smart stage where we do 20 minute TED like sessions all day long and the Sherm store, which is a very popular feature of the Sherm annual meeting. All of those are things that have expanded and developed over time. And then one of the fun things is all of these photo op areas and uh, HR professionals love taking each other's pictures in front of our props and in front of the, with the Sherm brand in the background. And um, that just makes the whole atmosphere, I think, a little lighter and more fun. Yeah, absolutely. I love the ideas and the different stations of the event that people can participate into. Like you mentioned, the photo booths are 
Great. And those are things that people can do, you know, whether they have a smaller scale event or a large event like the annual conference that any organization can really do. And a lot of those ideas, again, you've really been the one that spearheaded them, come up with them. Where do you think you get your best ideas from? I love to go to other people's events and be inspired by things that they're doing. And for example, the idea for the Rock program came to me. I was at a PCMA meeting and listening to the chair of Disney World talking about they were celebrating a big anniversary and they were talking about doing surprise and delight things for their guests. And one of the things that they did was they randomly selected a family to go and offered them the opportunity to go as say in Cinderella's castle and do a private tour or spend the night there. Or um, so that, that sort of thing, you know, Obviously, they're investing a lot of money in that. And we didn't really have, at the beginning, much budget for that sort of thing. So, you know, going to other people's meetings and listening to speakers and thinking about what it's like for me when I travel and what what makes my travel experience or my conference experience meaningful. Those are the sorts of things that inspired me. And I, I always did... I always try and take time out every Sunday morning to, and I've done this for years and years, to explore things that aren't necessarily work-related, but that might inspire me to come up with some sort of new idea. So I'll go down all sorts of strange paths, and I always get a nugget or two, and sometimes they turn into something big, and sometimes they're just ridiculous. What's been your favorite or your most memorable conference experience? I think that... Some of the most memorable are the ones that were the hardest. We had an annual meeting in New Orleans one year, and leading up to it, one of my staff had some health issues and wasn't able to travel at the last minute. And then when we got to New Orleans, we had a major keynote or cancel at the last minute and somebody else got sick and went to the hospital. And it, it, there was just, it felt like there was one thing after another, after another. And I think I set the stage for people to step up and do things that were outside their comfort zone. And I think when people feel supported and trusted to do something and and know that even if they make a mistake, they're not going to get in trouble for it. I think you learn best by making mistakes. But at that meeting, we had a whole bunch of people who really just stepped up to the plate and did things because they had to. And I think it changed the course of their careers for a couple of them. So that to me was one of the most personally meaningful. And I learned something at that meeting by listening to one of our keynote speakers. And he talked about what's meaningful in terms of recognition and for employees. And his um, his name is Marcus Buckingham. And he is a great thinker and writer. And he basically said that if you give sort of unspecific or, hey, nice job, that that's really not very meaningful feedback. And that being specific about what you've seen, he also was big in Gallup and in the Strength Finders development. So he really helped me understand that encouraging people's strengths rather than focusing on their weaknesses, including my own, was the best way to become a good leader. And so I really was inspired to work hard, harder on how I helped develop people and how I recognize people's contributions. Yeah, I think you've really shown me that. I, you know, I remember being at my first 
pre-con meeting with our entire event staff that included the vendors. And again, just memorable in the sense of as somebody who's in your position where you're leading the event and there's people who some capacity might feel like, oh, well, I'm just at registration or I'm just doing this. But you went around the room and just specifically to each person, recognize them for what they have done, what you've learned from them. It might have been an experience that you had with them on site. And I think anybody who was in that room really felt appreciated. And so I, you know, I thank you for that. And I'm sure everybody in that room it as well. But I think that's what separates you from a lot of other people who, who might be in the same position and something that maybe the, to take away too from today is just, you know, it does really add a lot of meaning and, and value to the people who are working with you. Well, thank you. I, I, I worked really hard on it. It did not come naturally. <laughs> um, so um, it is something I, I think is incredibly important. And, and I think it's important no matter who you're dealing with. Somebody who's made you a cup of coffee or somebody who's delivered a box to, to really be sincere in, in showing some sort of appreciation. And so at, at our events and just in general with, with the industry, there's an army of people behind the scenes orchestrating the moving parts, sort of a symphony, so to speak, to make sure that everything's moving the way that it should. If there is a problem that arises, they're, they're able to quickly put out those fires. What do you think is the most valuable Thing you have found in selecting the people that you work with? So in addition to the event staff that were had a, a good solid background in event management and were and some who were still developing, I think I always looked for other people to work with the events team on site who were quick on their feet, good at asking questions, had a real kinship for the profession and cared very much about the organization and what we were trying to accomplish. And so I recruited over the years different people to take on some pretty significant roles in support of our events who were outside of our department. And so I think that really helped build a culture, an organizational culture of event support because the events team had never been just the sole owners of Sherm events. It was, it really has been a team effort. And I think when you give accountability and follow up and support different people and that they know that they can come to you to talk through challenges or issues and you can help, help them solve those problems, then people seem to be more willing to take ownership and feel um, that they're part of the team. And so that's always been, I think, a pretty important part of Sherm's success. And I can't tell you how many people over the years have told me that, you know, working at the Sherm Annual Conference and, and having being part of that experience is one of the things that they've always treasured about their time at Sherm. So I'm pretty proud of, of how people have developed and grown from those experiences. Absolutely. And you've definitely, having been there for 30 years and having helped grow the show to what it is today, it's pretty impressive. And and so in the conference industry, what's something that you continue to find exciting about the industry? What's something that you look forward to seeing as you move into your new role at Velvet and what keeps things fresh or what keeps you inspired? My love and respect for associations and the role that they play in society has been reignited. And I've always been an association professional and I that's been my entire career. 
but I think now getting out and meeting and working with other associations, it has basically reminded me that associations support their their members in ways that really can change the world. And I've always thought we did that at Sherm, but now I'm I'm sort of reintroduced I've been reintroduced to that concept by working already just in a short period of time with a number of associations in very different kinds of professions and industries. So I think that whole that whole piece of the association business is something that I am inspired by and excited by. And as now a consultant rather than, you know, it's a very different kind of role. I think what we do and what we focus on is really helping associations innovate, improve, strengthen their meetings purpose and impact. And so I think we're doing work we're doing is is to me really impactful and exciting. And I couldn't be more excited to take uh, this sort of next part of my career journey. We're excited for you too. You know, again, I think the team at Sherm, you know, has enjoyed working with you. And obviously some people have been there for 20, 30 years alongside you, but it's exciting to see what comes up next for you and the next chapter. Is there anything else that you would like to share today about the industry? You know, I think uh, the one thing I haven't really talked about is ethics. And when I was, you know, starting out, I had, my first boss had a very um, clear sense of right and wrong and what was appropriate for you as a, a meeting planner who was making decisions. There was a lot more entertainment and um, people trying to influence relationships and buying patterns. And so there were a lot of sort of, there was less gray. I think now today there is more gray, but I think planners today are partners more than they are rulers. And I think that's a really important distinction to be making. And I I would just say, make sure that you have, if you don't know, ask. If you don't feel in your gut that something really is the right way to do something or the right way to treat someone or something that just gives you pause, you should listen to that. You know, I've been doing this little game as kind of wrap up the session. And so I'm hoping you'll participate. Just some quick questions that I'll ask you and um, just helps us to get to know a little bit more about you. So what's your favorite city to host an event in and why? My dad used to ask me that all the time. (laughs) And, And so occasionally it changes. But I think San Diego is a fabulous place to hold events. I think there's something about access to the water that has an impact on people's moods. And I just think there's something very powerful about that. But I'm also a huge Chicago fan and a huge New Orleans fan. Well, those are all great cities. And I think I went to all three of them with you. Um, Who inspires you? Well, my Sherm team inspired me. I really, I, I, uh, and people that I worked with that had, had left before me. So that's certainly an inspiration. I grew up here in Washington, D.C. And my parents, I had a great childhood. I had a wonderful family. My mom and dad both worked hard and um, they were my primary inspirations. They were both involved in associations. My grandfather was, in fact, uh, an association CEO way back in the day. So I come from a long line of service and volunteerism. And so 
I am fired by stories of people helping other people. And that was something that was just a really strong family value. I love that. That's great. What's the biggest lesson you've learned in your 30 years of being in the industry? You can't do it alone. You have to rely on others. You can have the vision, but you can never accomplish anything meaningful alone. And you never own anything. And I think those are those were sort of my watchwords for focusing a lot of my efforts on staff development. Great advice. I, I again, another great tip. And so finally, what is one or two action items you would give to conference planners today? I think first is, this is going to sound crazy, but take time off. Take time off to read, to think. We are so busy managing details and working with volunteers, staff, vendors, members, attendees, exhibitors, that sometimes you just sort of forget to breathe. And I really think that people in America work hard and people in other countries have a little bit better work-life balance. And I think that I wish I had paid a little bit more attention to that growing up. But I also grew up in a family where vacations were important and fun was important. So if you don't like what you're doing, you're never going to do it as well as you possibly could. I mean, I think it's important to remember to consider the other things besides the work. It's easy to forget, you know, we're constantly on the move in this industry, but it's also incredibly important to take time off. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. I've enjoyed talking to you today. And thank you for sharing your story with us and really giving us such incredible advice and insight into not only your personal story, but in your journey. Well, thank you, Christina, and and congratulations on this project. I think uh, you're going to do great things. Thank you for listening to Exposed. Tune in every Tuesday to hear a new episode and join in on the conversation at ExposedConferencesPodcast.BuzzRoute.com.